can't believe that you haven't seen it Love it so much you really gotta stream it Let me tell you every line right now I can quote the whole thing since I was 12 Maybe your mom told you no She said she wouldn't give you any money to go And that's why Movies we missed Hey, 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 hey! Or should I say ho, 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 ho! Welcome back to another special holiday episode of Movies We Missed. I am your host, Brandon Greenhouse, and this is my co-host, Jane Kelly Beth Hammer. Coming at you live and in color. She's got a cute little cardigan on. Um, and uh, before we get started, I just want to let you guys know we get a lot of questions about what's going on with our social media accounts. Where can you find us? People salivating to keep track of what's going on. Jane, mm-hmm. obviously, the technology girl that she is. She manages all of our social medias and she does a really a job of doing it. So um, if you want to find us, you can find us on Twitter at MWM chat. And you can also find us on Instagram and Facebook at movies. We missed uh, Jane. So good to see you. Uh, glad that you're here. You've got a face on. So that must mean you had some sort of virtual meeting or something. today. <laughs> you, the, the disrespect. All right. There's a couple things I need to clear, <laughs> clear, Clear the air from your intro. Already been talking for 30 seconds, and I've got... Just oh, we got Hillary Duff here coming clean, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> I'm, I'm clearing the air for you. Um, I do not run our social media. That is oh. my, lo- my lovely oh, we wife, Tara. Okay. okay. Yeah, my lovely wife, Tara, who does such a good job, and I cool. don't take cr- I don't want to take credit for her. Um, you just and- do the Twitter, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm. The, I I do the Twitter, and that's why. That's actually why the Twitter is so popular, is because I'm okay. always, always, always on there. Sure, um, I've heard. Start yeah. starting conversations and having chats and going back and forth on Twitter. A little so, keyboard warrior. <laughs> yeah, good for you. <laughs> um. So yeah, if you want to join the conversation, it's MWM chat on Twitter. Um. Is there? Also, I, I have a question that out on. I have a question. Is there a conversation to be joined? <laughs> Because you asked them, which you asked if they want to join the conversation, like there's one in pros- progress right now that like it, people are going to well, want to jump onto. Uh, the, co- the, 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 the collective conversation that's happening on the internet is what I... Just in the world? And, and, and I'm saying on Twitter, if you want to join the conversation on Twitter, I'm not referencing a specific conversation. I thought you were a social media maven. <laughs> also, can we talk about the fact that you gave me Kelly Beth as my middle name? And I really it was cute. It, I liked it, it. It, it, it. Trust me, I was pleased to hear it. Loved, loved, loved the the meshing of Kelly Beth. Not something I'd previously ever thought about. But I really thought you were gonna go for something holiday related. I've already given. I gave you Holly before. I could have given you Mur. Jane Murr Hammer. These are the only holiday-related middle names you could think of. I could have. I could have given Holly? you Jane, or I could have given you Jane Tree, or like Frankincense, or are you frozen? No, you are. But you're you're back now, Lord. Now, oh. do you have a million windows open on your computer? No, I only have. Apparently, a- our internet connection. It says it's unstable. I don't know if that's a threat of what's to come, but. You're not frozen for me. It was just a okay. moment. Okay, you were frozen for a second, but I was saying. No, I wasn't. 
<laughs> what a weird hill to die on. <laughs> like, <laughs> okay, boo, whatever. You're always trying to come for my internet, you know? I'm literally not. <laughs> Ugh, forget it. I was gonna do my bit on like cool holiday middle names. You could have called, but like it's like it seems like a moment past. But well, Noel, I could have given you Noel. That would Noel. Really you nice. could have given me Claus. You could have given me Claus. What? Like Santa Jane Claus. Claus hammer. I get it, but it also kind of sounds like nails. Maybe there was a popular TNT show that uh, Nisi Nash starred in. Um, yes, yes, that's... I, that could have but, been, I didn't want people to think that... We're or like Jane Jingle Bell's Hammer, or, um... You gotta love, you gotta love a Monday a Monday morning quarterback, I think is what they call him. <laughs> Backseat driver on our hands here, telling me how to craft a fucking joke. Um, I'm just saying we should be able to workshop each other. Um, Noelle is Dave's sister's middle name. Absolutely, oh. that's right. And oh. I, I don't want to give up tell her business. Her first name is also Holly. She's uh she was born. Oh my gosh, she's a time. total Christmas baby. Absolutely. Um, shout out to Holly Noel. <laughs> hey Holly, you listen to the to the podcast. We're giving you that giving you that official MWM she really shout listen? out. She does. <gasps> oh my god, Holly Noel, so lovely. And this is Holly's favorite movie, so this is Is it really? I, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm putting. Oh, I was like, this but, whole episode is for Holly. No, um, but we, but she'll. I'm sure she'll appreciate it. It's a Christmas film. Yeah, I mean, hello. What I if Holly thought- hates Christmas though? I never thought about that before. Maybe she's like, I'm a Halloween girl. Is she born? She was born on Christmas. Yes. Okay. Um. Okay. She likes. Dave Christmas. said she likes Christmas. So. Good. I'm glad to hear it. So this is for you, Holly. <laughs> Are you wearing white? But what, what inspired you, you know to what? actually? Sh- what were you going to say? Sorry. I was going to say we should start dedicating episodes, but sorry, go ahead. We can do that. I was going to ask you, what inspired you to try today? <laughs> you fucking bitch. I, I just asked. You did what you normally do. Oh, my God. You know. You know that's not true. Yes. Okay. My hair is done. My makeup is done. Your makeup's done. done. Yeah. Well, really. Two differences then. Okay. First of all, my makeup, I'm only wearing lipstick and mascara. So makeup's not really done. But It does a lot. (laughs) No, you're... Oh, my God. Everything I'm saying is wrong. I swear. I swear to God. I did not mean for that to sound... No, I just mean you don't need a lot because you're so pretty. That's what I meant. Oh, sorry, you froze for a second. You're freezing again. I knew you were going to sing that song. Let's try it again. You do the you do the melody and I'll I'll play around and see if I can figure something out. So you ready? Uh, okay. <laughs> you just do, you just do what Madonna does. Which is what Madonna and the producers do. <laughs> you ready? When you're you're frozen, you're frozen. You're frozen. You're frozen. Okay. When I gotta go. Okay. Yeah, okay. are you ready? One, <laughs> two. Oh my god, Jane, we're so close. I think I actually may have something here. Okay. One, All two, right. three. You're, you're frozen. frozen. <laughs> 
when your heart's not open. <laughs> no, my I, actually, you wouldn't do it. Yours was good. I cannot. I I choked, man. I choked. What were you like in choir? <sighs> I choked a lot because I okay. get nervous. I get I, here's the thing. I can just sing off the cuff, but if there's like if someone is like sing this way, I instantly I'm like clam up. Even if somebody's yeah. like just sing exactly what you just did, you saw the results of that. <laughs> it's okay. It's fine. I love you. Um, I'm excited to you know have a moment with you to connect. Um, you were really busy mm. this holiday season. My mother brought you over several gifts um, that you were Aww. you were too occupied to. To you actually told me twice. Receive them. You um, told me twice. But she was like, not come over. And I was like, That's, well, welcome to my Brandon world. Brandon told uh, me twice. She's not hey, a friend who engages with the it's world. It's fine if it's you don't come over. She can come get her free stuff from you at another well time. I know you want, want the swag she left for you. We really don't these, mind. Good. These aren't sample sizes either, Jane. These are the <gasps> full sizes. Oh my god. I don't know. I actually don't know what's so, in the bag, so I may be like... No, that's so nice. And I do I do really feel... No, we really were. You seem... You were at home. You were probably doing something. Um, I wasn't. I was not doing anything. Your words. Um, but I... <laughs> but I just I wanted felt, you I was, to... I had my booster shot, and I felt... I've never felt that bad. It was way worse than the Pfizer. The majority. Yeah. Did you, I had, my, did I had mine, sick? too. Um, I mean, I, a little bit, but I didn't let that stop me from engaging with family and friends. <laughs> That's just me, though. That's just me. Everybody's, everybody's different. You do you. You. Everybody has their own values. I put, I put like, the engagement with like my family and my loved ones before anything else. So it come hell or high water, I'm gonna show up for the people that I love. But I know that other people have a different energy and they live their lives differently. And it's like. We need all kinds. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, to me and all the single moms out there, uh, we fight a different battle, you know? Why you and the single mom? Because single moms work hard as hell. Yeah, and but a lot of times, you? But they consider me one of them. I've had several friends that are single moms say, I don't know anybody who works as hard as me, except for you, Brandon. You work harder than me and other single moms. And I say, Jeanette. Stop. Don't <laughs> categorize what we do. You are a nurse. You are taking care of three kids. I'm, of course, I'm here famously, you know, work, holding my marriage together, which sometimes feels like a three person job. Um, <laughs> but I, you know, I'm engaging with the community. Yeah. <laughs> I'm engaging with the community. I'm out here. I'm handing out candy canes, you know? So, Saint? I don't know. But. All right, so Janie, um, we are going to talk a little bit about the movie that I gave you this week, I believe. Um, was there any other business that you wanted to get to before we dove into it? You know, uh, we. Uh, I think. I think we've arrived. I think we've arrived at the moment, and I would love to get in on this Christmas movie, Die Hard. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> I couldn't agree more, sister. Um, so I'm going to start by uh, just reading a little bit of the blurb that I prepared. So your synopsis. Synopsis, exactly. Mm -hmm. <sighs> Let me get to that place. Gotta go dark. Yeah. No. <laughs> 
While on a trip to visit his estranged wife, Holly, in California at her company Christmas party, grizzled New York cop John McClane finds himself in the right place at the wrong time. As he waits to discuss his separation arrangements with his wife at her company festivities, German radicals, led by Alan Rickman's Hans Gruber, take over the company's holiday festivities at Nakatomi Plaza. If they have their way, the only thing in the present boxes these hostages are opening up will be C4 explosives. Hans Gruber wants $640 million in bearer bonds that are nestled safely in the Nakatomi Corporation vault, and he will stop at nothing to get them. Though McLean is doing his best to remain stealth, the radicals soon become aware of his presence as he takes them out one by one. Try as they might to go toe-to-toe with Bruce, they keep coming up Felice Navi dead. As McLean struggles to save the employees of the Nakatomi Corporation, as well as his floundering marriage, he will need all the help he can get. Off-duty cop Al Powell, played to procedural perfection by America's favorite put-upon father, Carl Winslow, might be just what the NYPD detective ordered. If Sergeant Powell can keep the inept members of the LAPD off McLean's back, they might have a shot. Powell is going to have to help McLean stop the Germans from getting the loot out of the vault so they both can make it home to open presents with their little kids or die trying. This is a rollicking alt-laying time. Forget Christmas carols and get ready for celestial carnage. Oh, and make sure that the mistletoe isn't a pinecone-scented grenade. Detective John McLean's got to decide if he wants to live soft or die hoard. And that's it. <laughs> that's me. <laughs> I I noticed you got a horde in. We I uh, always. Love, you always love I it. try and get one in there because I think it just makes yeah. it more real for everybody involved. And I'm sorry we're dragging you about giving me a Christmas middle name when all your holiday puns were within your. That was really where my focus was at. Yeah. You know? And that's where it should be. It was a great one. It was a great one. Thank you. So, yeah. Jane, you'd never seen this movie before. It's, it's Die Hard. It's a classic. It this was is a um, classic. It was released on July 22nd, 1988. Um, it had a budget of $28 million That is the day before my fourth birthday. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, and it had a box office gross of $240 million. <laughs> so this was a hit of a movie. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, uh, as we as it's been famously reported, you know, they went to every action star before they found themselves at Bruce Willis, a, a TV star, you know, known known to many for moonlighting fame, you know, him and uh, Sybil Shepard going at it. Very will they, won't they, you know. Um, no, I don't know. I I have no idea what I know Bruce Willis from. I just know who Bruce Willis is. It's well, this like was his hurt. big like. This was the big moment that sort of launched him into like action superhero, and also it's like celebrated because it's like one of the first sort of like action heroes with like a little bit of like a backstory actually and yeah you know there's a lot of stuff you know gender roles obviously him and his wife her being this sort of breadwinner at this company and like i you loved know. that what a choice in 1988 and like there right? was some tension around that i mean that's clearly why their marriage was sort of on the rocks is that he you know well i mean he didn't want to leave new york and he wasn't really very supportive of her career and she was like from what I understand, number two at this company, which is like pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, she was the HBIC. So mm-hmm. she was like, get into it, get into the gig because it's paying the bills, baby boy. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and I, I actually said this to Dave before, but I think this is this is a perfect movie. It's a lot of fun. It's a it's, it's so a great time. Good. I think like the thing is is like it has that per- it's a perfect action movie, but it's also like it is a Christmas movie. And apparently there's some controversy as to whether or not it is really a Christmas movie and I don't understand oh, yeah. why it wouldn't be because it's about it, it takes happens place at a Christmas party Christmas over the Eve. holidays, yeah. And um oh, this is so hard not being able to see. <laughs> Um. Ugh. Okay. So, it, would it be really bad if you turned your video on? I can do it. Let's see how it goes. If it causes trouble again, I'm gonna have to turn it off. <laughs> they said about me. I I don't know what you're talking about. No, they didn't. They said you were manipulative. Who's they? And where's this conversation happening? Never mind. She doesn't matter. She's... Never mind. It doesn't matter what she said. Jane's manipulative. Jane's vindictive. Who cares? <laughs> I didn't believe her. I didn't. I listened for a little while, but then I was like, enough. You said what you need to say, and a lot of it was true, but she's still my friend. I'm glad that you're out there defending me... Riding and or dying Ish. for me yeah. when it's convenient and, you know, when you have the time. <laughs> I can't defend you against everybody. I wouldn't get anything done. <laughs> My reputation is solid. How dare you? I'm a okay. beloved. Fi- I'm a beloved figure, Brandon. Sure. <laughs> so let's start with uh, John McClane on the plane. What the hell is the foot thing? The, this is the thing that I don't understand. They're like, the guy next to him is like, nervous fire, huh? And he's like, you should like roll your feet up in a fist. Oh, yeah, on a it's carpet. so specific. And then it's later so on, specific. he's like, it works <laughs> when he's in Hollywood. But I'm office. like, what works? What are you doing? Like, is, are your feet uncomfortable? You're like Why clinching is- your feet, I guess. You're like, kind of using your toes, like you're clinching them to create, I don't know, like maybe it releases tension of some sort. Oh, maybe, like, tension from, like, the nervous, the, the like, because you were nervous during the flight? Yeah, but also it means you have to take your shoes off and your bare feet have to be exposed on a plane, which feels like too much. No, no, no. He's saying doing it after the plane. Oh, okay. Which, by the way, if anybody's curious, never, ever, 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 ever have your bare feet out on a plane. I just want to put that out there because I've run into too many people who have their fucking bare ass feet running all around the plane like it's their living room. People do things with their bodies in the world, though. (laughs) But like, it's always surprising. It's like I've never done this in front of anyone. And you're you're out here just hoofing it. Like barefoot. It's like people who like clip their nails on the train. It's like that is what? What do you mean on the train? Who does that? You've never seen anybody do that? On, like, the CTA? Oh, my God. I've seen people clip their nails on the CTA so many what? times. What? No, yes, I've never seen That's disgusting. Absolutely horrifying. Like, nails flying everywhere. It's like, what? Oh. This, isn't, this isn't your bathroom. Like, please stop doing this. What do you mean? Like, the, how? Like, they, they take their shoes and their socks off? 
Oh, oh no. no, I haven't. I haven't seen anybody clip their toes. I've seen them clip their fingernails. Oh, I for some reason was just thinking toenails. Um, that would that would be that that would be oh my god that would be so awful. I've never seen that. I'm sure it's happened. I've I mean fingers is pretty. Yeah, fingers disgusting. is oh my god. Fingers I was disgusting. I remember last year I was running late for the train and I had to like catch the one that was right there and I barely caught it and it was like a man literally just smoking a cigar. Like the, the whole train, train was full of cigar smoke. It was appalling. Oh my like, god! What are you doing, sir? That's one hundred percent illegal, I guess. Oh yeah, for sure. I don't. He wasn't exactly a rule follower. If you know what I'm <laughs> Speaking of smoking, John McClane lights up a cigarette in the middle of LA, the LAX airport. I was like, okay, nineteen eighty-eight, different yeah. time. We didn't know what we know now. You know we what I mean? How, I, I think remember, we knew some of it. <laughs> no, we didn't know any of it. The doctors yeah. weren't even looking into cigarettes yet. They were still considered like. Like a, a salve for the body. Um, at Even that to point. pregnant women um, to get through their um, any yeah. Rates. If you were pregnant and you had jitters or any sort of anxieties about mm-hmm. the impending birth, then they would hand you like a loosely a pack rolled of Virginia Slims or a loosely rolled you know cigarette with just like some of that fresh tobacco in it, and be like, <laughs> take a couple drags of this. This will calm you down, Miss McGillicuddy. Um, follow it. Up, follow it up with uh, three fingers of bourbon, sweetie. I was gonna say yeah. They're like we don't. <laughs> Yeah, we don't have any we don't have any more toddies here, but when you get home, you have your old man fix you up a real sweet one. Well, actually to bring it back to the movie, I did I did clock that Holly encouraged her pregnant friend to drink. <laughs> she was like leaving her office and she was like, Do you think it's like I don't remember she said she's like, Do you think it's like cooked enough where I can like have a sip? And she's like, Honey, he could be your bartender. <laughs> and I was like, I'm not a doctor, but I don't think this is like a great call. <laughs> yeah. She's like, Go for it, girl. That bottle of Jim Beam isn't gonna finish itself. And she's like, Oh yeah, did you drink when you were pregnant? And she's like, God no. What my children to be healthy just walks off it's like oh not not what's good for the gooses okay cool cool bad um yeah we've got our bonnie bedelia as um holly janeiro yeah has she been in anything else because i don't i didn't recognize her at all i actually i well she's the wife in the harrison ford movie presumed innocent um, I've not seen which that is one. like a it's like a good juicy part, um, and then that's that's one of the first things that I remember from. And also, and if you've probably never saw the television show Parenthood, but she was the matriarch on Parenthood. Oh um, no, I didn't. I feel like he, my sister watched that movie. Yeah, or that TV show. That that checks out. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, like a very emotional. Um, like I watched emotional. it too. It was I got, I got <laughs> roped into, into that world, and like it was just like. Lauren Graham making a mistake after mistake every week. <laughs> I was gonna say, I feel like that was a Lauren Graham vehicle, wasn't it? Our friend, um, even Katie, used to always be like, she's like Lauren Graham. Like every episode, she does the wrong thing, and then there's a moment where she like laughs at herself. Like I can't believe I'm here again. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> like learn, <laughs> <laughs> learn from this, but. As 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 much as you scream that as your at your television, I'm assuming she doesn't learn. Otherwise, the TV show would be over. That's a good point. Um, Gotta have conflict. <laughs> I also like that. Yeah, Argyle, who is the limo driver that's t- taking John McClane from the airport to Nakatomi uh, Plaza. Uh, he's who really is chatty. Presumably twelve years old. Very young. Argyle he looks is a so young, young buck. <laughs> Man, he must—he must have really been quite popular after this movie came out, right? Like getting to drop so that. Cu- 
through the 80s and the 90s. Absolutely. He was Deborah White. Um, I don't, I didn't recognize him from anything else, but I mean, hopefully he's, uh, riding this wave all the way to the bank. But I did think it was so funny that like, okay, so, um, John McClane sits up front with Argyle and Argyle's asking him a bunch of questions like about his marriage and blah, 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 which is by the way, this is why this is a really good script and a really good movie. This is a really natural and comfortable way to bring up exposition, which I I talk about all the time because you can tell when they're when a script isn't like I don't know there there's not a lot of thought to like well there's not like a lot of like finesse finesse as far as like the crafting of a story no I I know what you mean I but like but not even necessarily just crafting the story like the um the there's not a lot of thought given to how you're going to introduce the exposition exposition of the story and it's so obvious and this this movie did such a good job of introducing exposition really naturally and that conversation with Argyle is one of those conversations that was really good and really uh, Within a, you know, two minute conversation or however long that like scene is, we know everything we need to know about John McClane's marriage and how, um, you know, how it's on the rocks, how they're technically separated. We're not sure where they're at emotionally, but um, and she's like a big time like executive at the Nakatomi company or whatever. Like we just get so much information from that um, interaction. But the thing that I did think was funny is he was like, oh, you normally just chatty? Jeez, why are you talking to me? And it's like, John, you're the one who sat up front with him. What do you think? If you didn't want to talk, you could have sat in the back. That's the whole vibe. Yeah, you, you sat up there with him. I was also going to say we got a little exposition, too, because we get Holly call into the house to make sure that guest room's all set up. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So and the maid kind of has this knowing room. look on her face, like... Maybe this is a step in the right direction. Although we have to yeah. presume that, like, the maid has, like, no knowledge of their marriage, probably, really. <laughs> but, like, the look that the maid gives and the way she delivers her line, like, yes, I already did it. It's like, it's like she's, she's like, I gotta get these two crazy kids back together. Like, I've gotta fix. <laughs> I've gotta fix what's broken. And only yeah. I can do it. No, very <laughs> that. Um, also, another point I wanted to bring up. It is Christmas Eve. What kind of, like, what kind of psychopathic company has their holiday party on Christmas Eve? Because if that's happening at my company, I'm simply not going. Well, a lot of people are also already out of town. So it's like, it's like, I guess they're banking on the fact that it's, you know, California. And maybe they're hoping for some people to be out of town and cut back on some of those numbers as far as our (laughs) derbs go. (laughs) Keep some of those bottles unpopped. Yeah, Dave says it was more typical back in the day. So perhaps it was more of like a thing that like they did maybe like the 70s and the 80s. Like people weren't really traveling as much, maybe. Also, I wonder it makes me wonder like what breaks were like for like work. You know what I mean? Like I wonder if if, like now like Christmas breaks is more of a thing. If was it more of like a because also everybody's dressed like they've been working all day. That's like, the thing too. So, it's like you're working on Christmas Eve up until the very time of the party. Or is it one of those things though where it's like we work from like nine to like two and then we like turn up? Well, at one point when Holly's walking to her office, she goes, It's five twenty PM, like go join the party. And the so party like, seems like it's already been popping for a minute. Has it? Okay, maybe that's it true. looks like it was. I saw Ja Rule performing. 
on stage. <laughs> and I was like, okay, they got that Fry Festival money. I see. Um, Did you call it? Hold on. Did you just call it Fry Festival? No, I call it Fire Festival. <laughs> you called it Fry Festival. <laughs> I did. I saw. I saw. I saw the F, the Y, the R, and the E in my head, and I just. I got them confused just, a little bit. <laughs> twisted a few. <laughs> twisted a few letters around. Got a what do you word. think? I haven't checked in on Ja Rule since the Fire Festival. How do you think he's doing? I'm sure he's putting it on somebody. <laughs> but do you think he's like? Is he like making money somehow? Oh, absolutely. Jabril doesn't strike me as the type of person who's no. He's. I'm sure he's quite enterprising. I'm sure he's selling. You know, I don't know, like leather car, leather car seat cleaners, or something. <laughs> like he's probably. He also probably has. I'm sure he's. He was in jail for like some blue collar stuff. I'm sure he made plenty of friends with like wealthy like Ivy League people that have like put him on. Do you mean white collar stuff? Like he was. Yeah. In, he was. Yeah. He was in jail for like. Like, I don't know if it was tax evasion, but it was, like, something like that. It wasn't, like... But he was in, like, one of those fancy jails where you're surrounded by, like, wealthy people that have gotten to jail by doing sneaky stuff and are going to... Martha Stewart jail. Yeah, and are probably going to continue doing sneaky stuff, but just be a little bit smarter about it when they get out. (laughs) And I'm sure he's probably like, put me on, huh? What's the deal with that diversified stocks? I got CDs both kinds. (laughs) It's a murder! Um, So... That's my hope. That's my hope for him. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I can tell you're gagged by my Ja Rule impersonation. I get it. <laughs> it sounded like an old man trying to get through his, like, aggressive constipation. What would I be without my baby? God alone might break me. Holla, holla. Because I don't want to go crazy. Mine was like, a monster. Mine was, mine was so cookie monster. It has to be stopped. Well, it's nice to know you got that in your back pocket, though. And the next time we're at a party together, I'm going to make sure to walk up to whoever you're talking to and say, has Jane done her cookie monster impersonation for you yet? <laughs> and I will say, it's jaw fucking rule. Uh, when John gets to the Nakatomi uh, Corporation, when he gets to the plaza and he looks at the really up-to-date... Um, uh, technologically advanced uh, <laughs> system for um, looking into like the clients. He sees, he looks for his wife, he looks for her under McLean, their last name, and she's nowhere to be found. And so there's a moment where he's a little confused and then he thinks, hold on, let me check out that maiden name real quick. And he realizes mm. the baby girl's reverted back to that old name. And Gennaro. She's like, I'm going back At to Gennaro, first- baby. When I first saw this, I was like, ugh. Like, I, I got mad at John McLean because I was like, I feel like that's so caveman Like, you want her to still have your last name and, like, this is her professional business and she should be able to go by whatever name she feels most comfortable at work. And, like, and I was, like, went on this, like, journey in my brain where it's like, why do men need women to take their last name anyways? Like, it's, like, you know, it's, it's all about property and all that kind of stuff. But then, like, I kind of started to understand that it, what it meant to him was that their marriage, she was moving on to him oh, from for sure. their marriage. But at first I was like, I got mad at him for feeling that. But then, like, again, this movie does a really good job of explaining what it is. And he's like, why aren't you using, he's like, I see you've gone back to your maiden name. Like, are you, like, done with me? You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, also, I think it's, I think it's different, too, because it's like, 
you i'm presuming there was a promotion that led to like this move so it's like mm-hmm. you were mclean when you were in new york and totally. now you've moved to a new location and you've changed your name like all of your work colleagues there knew you as mclean so like why like i think it's going from something to something else more than it right. is just her not having it's like what the act means in the context of the separation and right like yeah so i, I yeah I, I agree with you i think we're saying the same thing i think it's all it's all the factors together not that compound to make this question that he's asking i don't i think it's everything at once you know in a world where their mm-hmm. marriage is in a really good place and he shows up it may have been more of a quizzical sort of like huh wonder what that's about but yeah. you know the the sort of the showing up the question mark of this trip which is clearly evident by the fact that like she says oh this all came together so quickly like because it's like in what world even if your marriage was like in trouble in what world would like i don't know i guess like it's bad enough that he's not that he there was no plan for him to stay at the house with you and like also be with his children during the holidays you know what i mean like but also it's interesting because it's like do you think in this imaginary world since this isn't a real set of set of events do you think (laughs) that john mcclain like do you think he ever had any attention of staying with cabbie or do you think that that was just sort of like a red herring a little bit like something that he threw out there red herring is probably the wrong term but do you think it's just something that he threw out there to like sort of put out feelers like he presented a situation that would be an oppor- that would be like ultimately like not helpful you know what i mean like oh i'm going to stay with this person who lives really far away as opposed oh, to like at a I hotel had- I had no you, idea you know. what you were talking about for a second, yeah. but now I understand. You're talking about the captain who retired. When, when he says, oh, with. Cappy retired out here, I'm just going to stay at his place. And it's like, and you, you, I get that, like, there is an internet, but, like, there's maps. So it's like, you know where Holly stays at, and you know where this person stays. So it's like, how interesting, instead of just being like, oh, I got a room at the Best Western for a couple nights. It's like, oh, I'm going to bunk with this man who's retired out here and lives on a houseboat. Right. And like your wife is number two at a company. It's not like you guys are like necessarily like hurting for coin. And it would have been great if she had said something like, John, I make way more money than you, so I can afford to get you a really nice hotel room. You don't have to worry about that. And since it's 1988 and we've, we don't, you know, we're fine with all these, um, you know, gender roles and everything like that. And we're fine with this like swapping of like power and money <laughs> yeah she's like you don't have to don't don't go anywhere near your little change bag you can hold on to all your tokens <laughs> mr nero's got this covered your, is your spending money sweetie your little your little petri salary your little cop salary do you say petri isn't that a pul- you, I meant poultry i poultry <laughs> like a it's like like a petri dish <laughs> Why I am like feel like I'm very off my game today. <laughs> you are, um, but moving on. Um, no, I'm just teasing you. I got I got fry wrong earlier. We're just you know just words they come and they go. Um, if we could, I would love to have a conversation about the terrorists. Sorry, the German terrorists and their hair choices. If I, you... I do. I do. There was something else I want to talk about that happened before, but we can, do. You, you oh, don't need to go into yeah, order I'm... though. Yeah, we can jump around if you want. No, you go. All right, Rex and Effect. Is it Rex and Effect? Jump around? Oh, maybe, yeah. Jump around. Cypress Hill. Cypress Hill, right? No, that's, um, oh, God, the band, they're from Boston. I don't know why I can't think of them. Um, Cypress Hill. House of Pain. House of Pain. House of Pain. Thank you. 
Thank you. Right. That, that was, was a, very embarrassing. That was a close oh, one. Oh, 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 oh. Talk about being talk, talk about being off our game. Happy New Year. So we're going to talk about the, the the hair of the. Um, oh, Dave's, Dave's just chimed in with a weird because he's because he's you know he's a perfect person. He's the the model. Wow, you know, I, that, I love having someone listen to us and observe 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 us just to roast us. It's great. Well, smugly probably stroking his goatee. Mm-hmm. Um, Beret on. Write and be poetry. <laughs> Twisting his little mustache with some Yeah, 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 that. Yeah. Um, okay, let's talk about the... Okay, so first of all, Here. German terrorists, which yes. Tara and I actually had a back and forth about, because I was like, oh, it's great to see white terrorists. You never fucking see those on, del- on action movies and stuff. And um, she was like, I feel... And she was like, and she was like, oh, I feel like you see, like, Russian... And like German terrorists all the time, and it's like I'll give you Russian. I do not think you see German um, terrorists in action movies all the time. They're this not the really first... like, but they're also not really terrorists. They're like, what's it? They're what's like the radicals. Terrorists. I mean, they're like, there's, they're just, they like. It seems like that's that that is a red herring. I think actually, like, I think they're using terrorism as like a guise for just stealing money. Like they like they're really just here for the money. I guess there's no political. No, like, they throw agenda. the word. You're right. They throw the word. They go back and forth between terrorists and radicals. But I think yeah. that, that literally they have no political agenda. They're not. They don't have any like overarching or like high moral ground in which they're standing on. Like this isn't an indictment of America, really. Although Rickman's Hans Gruber does make a couple of comments about like your soulless nation and like yeah. you know your your hollow culture. But it does feel like uh, I mean. He's not wrong, but he's not, like, he's also, like, well, he does when he, actually, at the end, when he's, like, asking all of these, like, prisoners of war and stuff to be released all over the world, maybe that is part of it? Yeah, but I don't know if that's real or if that's just, like, smoke and mirrors, like, something that he's... Well, because he, like, turns to one of the guys, he's like, I don't know why I read about him in Time Magazine. Yeah, it's like, he's just, like... What's the vibe here? It feels like he's using terrorism as, like as like a sort of like a smokescreen to sort of hide behind in order to just get this money. But it's like, he's like blanketing it in that to sort of the, which like, I think in a way opens up a larger conversation and is going to involve different organizations as opposed to just this group of like men who just want to like steal hundreds of millions of dollars. I feel like $624 million. Yeah, exactly. I feel like it does. It helps to sort of like, it gives him something to hide behind. And I think it, it ultimately obscures the facts a little bit, which is a helpful tool for him as far as obtaining this amount of money. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, well, not that helpful in the end. Didn't work out, but no, you know, for a while, it seems like he's on the right path. And you wonder who's going to come out on top in this one. You know, <laughs> well, the gall of my wife, who's like six hundred twenty-four, six hundred twenty-four million dollars, isn't that much money when you have to split it between all those people? I was like, well, it's, <laughs> it's six hundred forty million dollars. Oh, well, yeah, whatever it is. I How was, many people was it? I think it's. I think there are twelve people. I mean, so what's 640 divided by 12? Someone oh pull God. out a calculator. I mean, it's either going to be me or you, boo boo. I don't know where my phone is. I got also, it. Also, if this is math that people can do in their head and they're rolling their eyes at us, like, congratulations. 53 million. 
50 but that's in a world. Where, but that's in a world in which Hans isn't getting like you know right. the lion's share. But um, right, I'm sure the probably just, are different. I'm sure his plan was to get that money and kill all of them, all those witnesses. I 100. percent And he, I mean, he was he. Uh, I don't. Well, I don't know what the final. Plan fifty million. Was. No, fifty million dollars is a lot of money. It's in a ton 1988, of money. especially. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, let's check the inflation. He was probably, honestly, me going into the mind of Hans, he was probably going to kill most of them, or he was counting on losing some of them, but he was probably going to kill maybe, like, most of them. Even, like, you know, like, him walking through to, like, check on where people are towards the end and then just, like, shoot them really quickly and then be like, those bastards got him. Um. Yeah, that would be 123 million dollars basically 124 million dollars per person yeah that's buku money that's a lot of money yeah (laughs) so tara if you're listening to this that's a lot of fucking money (laughs) that's right jane get her um but the thing that i really did want to discuss was like the the hair of the terrorists and i don't know if you it's good okay so there's the i think it's the it's there's Three blonde guys that all yes. have unhinged hair looks. So first, I don't know any of their names. First, there's, uh, I think, I actually do think this one's name is Carl, Carl. with a K. Carl. Okay. He's got that sort of, like, long, wispy blonde hair that's, like, M- Michael Bolton-esque, where oh. it's, like, mm-hmm. thinning on top, but, like, the growth is out of this world. How and re- am I supposed to live without you? And that's him to his hair. And it's like all you all you need. First of all, you are going through like a pretty like intense moment. There are machine guns. You're fighting. You're trying to steal this money. Put your hair up because it's you just like. You wish he had like a scrunchie on his wrist that he could just a use hair to elastic. Anything. I, little top I knot mean, moment. My first my first request would be a set of clippers so we could just you know. He he's fighting the inevitable, and he's got to let go. And then there's a, actually another terrorist whose name I don't uh, I don't know his name, but he's Jürgen. like dark darker hair, and it's long and flowy. That he's like Fabio hair. He's got like very thick hair, and I'm like, okay, you can have long hair. But again, as a person who has I don't have long hair, but I have hair that I can put up into ponytail. My God, Greg. and it, like. <laughs> Any chance I get to get my hair out of my face whenever I'm stressed, you know, whenever I'm doing something strenuous, I'm throwing that puppy up. And do you know that Fabio still has like long hair? Have you seen him recently? No. Well, now I'm Google image searching him. It's still long. It's like enough. Fabio. Enough. Okay. It's got to be a wig at this point. Oh. Okay. You think it's a wig, Jane? It would surprise me. That's all him. I think that's all him. It would surprise me if this was still all of his hair. Oh, okay. Wouldn't this is this is a lot of hair? It's too much. (laughs) Like I understand that that was like previously his thing, but he has got to let go. We all have to let go of the like. We have to change with the time. Who we were in the 80s. I mean, I'm sure he's still trying to, you know, hold on to, you know, all those romance covers that 
he's still trying to hold on to that full Fabio fantasy probably for all of the adoring fans that he probably sees at like what like romance con or something Ro- romance con for the books the you know there's a whole probably is thing there going on. we should write a romance novel Jane I would we would be so good at that it would be so good I've thought about this before you and I like go because if Brandon and I do this thing sometimes we used to do it a lot more when he was working at this job that he hated very much but or there just like wasn't very (laughs) much to do I guess or he wasn't it wasn't a hard job so anyways we would do this thing looks you're giving me. All this is just you coming for me and for the job that I loved <laughs> you for a long that time. Job. I, that company? I was a company man. <laughs> Old school style. I gave them the best years of my life-ish. Um, no, you're right. We would come up with these, no, we'd come up with a lot of stories and I feel like uh, I could finally probably get my, my hero, my, my, my hero named Crispin. Like, <laughs> oh my god, you love naming characters Crispin. But we used to text back and forth parts of stories. So Brandon would start something and then I would add a piece and he would add a piece and I would add a piece. And it would go on sometimes for a really long time. I feel like and we I, could really write something like really good, like a like chapter on chapter on chapter. Oh my god, something that would be like... <laughs> So out of control, <laughs> almost unreadable. Because oh, be we so, could bring in like oh, we could bring so in like supernatural indulgent. elements too. Like <laughs> oh my god, we could have like uh, like our heroine could be like I don't know what like bitten by a bat while like pruning her garden in the front of her house or something. And like why I don't a know, bat? She, I don't know. But they like give her like you want her to be like powers. Batman? No, but it'll just give her like sensual powers or something. Oh well, maybe should be she should be bitten by a sexier animal to get like like what's a, a bunny. oh I'm ready for this what's a sexy animal you I just said like person? a bunny <laughs> not like but like why is a bunny sexier than a bat okay because they talk about how bunnies uh, like you Who's that? fuck like people you fuck like a rabbit people who have a lot of sex fuck like who a says rabbit. that people name a person who said it. <laughs> <laughs> like spray you know what I'm talking about. Don't you dare leave me alone out here. <laughs> when you're like, oh, when like a new couple gets together and you're like, oh, they're <laughs> doing it like rabbits. <laughs> Stop! I wish I could, like, take a photograph of this face. Okay. That's what... uh, Dave, shut up. Let's have our moment and do a damn podcast. My God. Anyway, back to the movie. So, um... Yeah, so John is sort of like when all of the Germans come in. Well, by the way, so later on, idiot character who ends up getting himself killed, Alice, who works for I guess like I don't know, I didn't get much of a vibe from Alice oh, as far Coke as like Coke Boy, tr- yeah, yeah, the guy who like when we first meet him, John. Well, not when we first meet when we first meet him, he's asking Hart, Holly out on a date yeah, on Christmas. Hart Bachner, Hart Bachner. Yes. That's his. That's the actor's name, and he plays. Oh, Harry Alice. oh okay. Harry Ellis is the character's name. When we first meet him, he's asking Holly out on date on Christmas Eve, which is inappropriate for a number of reasons. And then when John first meets him, he's doing cocaine off of his desk. 
<laughs> so like, yeah, it's a lot. He, it's rare that I root for a character to be killed in a movie, but I knew there were going to be a lot of deaths in this movie because it's an action movie. So I was like, I hope he dies. And die is in the title. Yeah, exactly. By the way, why is it called Die Hard? I mean, that's the only way to do it. I, yeah, I don't. I can't imagine dying softly. I mean, I'm sure there's plenty of soft deaths happening all the time. That sounds like some weird like thing. Oh, I'm I, that soft, sounds like I'm into soft death. That's oh god. I yeah, was thinking it sounds like going pleasantly in your sleep. I would like a soft death. Or like I don't know. It sounds like some like I don't know like some woman in like 17th century like sensually dying of like cholera or something. Also, did you notice that huge scar on Bruce Willis's shoulder? Is that a real scar? I can't like imagine. Sh- they. It probably is. I can't imagine them putting like a... Yeah, otherwise there would have been a story about it. But I was Yeah, like, it'd be a moment like a where he's real like, sc- checking out my gnarly scar. <laughs> Guess that's what happens when you kick ass and numb. <laughs> and like, it was so great to see... I, I just... I, I, I don't. I know I'm not alone in this, but like obviously Alan Rickman, I wonderful, like, wonderful. An incredible actor. I love him in everything. He just every line he delivers is just. There's no. There's nothing is wasted with him, and I just I love seeing him work, and it makes me so sad that he died so young. And I know. Um, yeah. No, it's so true. Like we could have. Alan Rickman's so he's more. so great, and he's <laughs> so know. good in like everything. And this was his first like film role was it really yeah this was his first wow. film role. he was he was primarily a stage actor um yeah. up to this point he'd done a lot of like shakespeare he played um the what's that he played vacant Valmont in um les liaisons dangereux which was turned into a movie one that i'm always like contemplating making you watch because it's a really good one but uh, john malkovich plays a part in the movie but yeah, he didn't want to. Originally, Alan Rickman didn't want to take this part apparently because he was like, "What is this nonsense?" And yeah, I think I'm also a probably actor. and probably a little bit like, "I know I'm gonna like mollywop this, and then they're just gonna want me to keep playing these parts because I'm gonna kill it." <laughs> and he was not wrong. Is he in the other ones? No, because he was killed though. Yeah, no, no. I mean, keep playing parts like this, like keep playing villains uh, in movies. Well, you know, especially like in like the '70s and the '80s, it's like you do you do one thing well. And it's like, yeah. that's your career. And you spend, like, mm-hmm. forever. Although, I mean, Alan Rickman clearly, like, fought that. Such I mean, that's what happens career, when you have an yeah. actual, like, you know, you're a trained actor and you have, like, a skill mm-hmm. set behind you. Like, I don't think he had to work too hard. But I imagine that for a while afterwards, you know, when you get those scripts, you know, you can get them an email back then, baby. They were delivered <laughs> by Courier. You Whoa. know, like, t- wrapped in, like, you know, a little piece of, I don't know, what do they use? Twine, whatever. Um, but, <laughs> you know, I'm sure he, like, got all those scripts in the mail and was like, ugh, I don't want to be bad guy to S- S- Sylvester Stallone. I don't want to mm. do any more of this. Um, but, yeah, he's wonderful in this film. Uh, he's so and good. Um, he really gives it, like, he gives it that, that authority, you know? Mm-hmm. He's just, like, he's, he, he's so good at being, like, evil i mean mm-hmm. I, the thing too like this is different uh, have you seen any of the harry potter movies by the way i've seen part of the first one and i turned it off okay well I, it's not your it's not really my genre either but i d- definitely enjoyed them and alan rickman is a huge part of why i enjoyed them and the character that he plays is called severus snape and 
you don't understand where his allegiance lies throughout all the movies and he does such a good job of of playing that and like he's just he's just a master I've been, I've noticed a lot of those movies now though, like those Marvel films, any of these like those like you know Harry Potter type films. I just mean I notice <laughs> that they go. I mean I don't either, but I I mean I'm I'm just aware no of like I, I like I just no I'm I've interested like I'm I mean sure I don't care really either way. I would watch them. I just haven't really yeah. seen them. But I just you mean too. I noticed that they get a lot of like you know like well trained like Shakespearean actors to like totally. you know tackle you know these and I remember hearing Pat, somebody was maybe a professor we we're talking about like Star Trek which I've also never seen but he was talking mm-hmm. about how he was sort of he was discussing the ways that like the world of Star Wars is you know, right in line with like Shakespeare, you know, in a lot of ways. And this, as far this as like this sort so of language that they use and everything. And so you're saying it's, of course you would get like, you know, an actor like a Leonard Nimoy or like, you know, I'm getting everything confused. Uh, but he was talking about Star Trek. I say Star Trek or Star Wars. I don't know what I said. You said Star Trek. Okay. I meant Star Trek, yeah, but just, yeah. But that, anyway, he was talking about like, you know, he was talking about like Patrick, Patrick Stewart, Stewart and like getting well, these actors because they give like this gravitas to it and they like legitimize this world in a way because like of, you know, their facility, you know, their facility for language and their ability to like, you know, make like substantive like connections with the text. Um, and it's like, you know, Andre Brower was famous for doing this as well on like... I think it was NYPD Blue. He was known for like, they would give him these really long monologues where he would have to basically like explain like a bunch of points. Like they'd go into a crime scene and then he'd be monologuing about what happened. Mm-hmm. And it was like, because he had that Shakespeare background, he was able to actually like take what would just be like the most probably painful page of dialogue in the hands of a less capable actor and like, like really tell a story. Mm-hmm. So that makes sense. That's what that's funny that your professor is saying that because Tara has been saying that for a really long time about sci-fi and like Shakespearean actors and really good actors and she, this has always been a, a, a um an appeal to me to get me to watch more sci-fi movies with her because that's not my fucking genre. But she's like, you don't understand. Some of these movies are so well done because they get these incredible actors to like, you know. Um, who are so well-trained Shakespearean actors to use this language and like um, to create a world that you really believe and like can, you know, buy because it's these, these really talented people who are selling this story, which absolutely, I, I think I it, totally get. I think it, it makes really sense. Make and I want to watch a ton of sci-fi, but I, certainly I'll give it a try. <laughs> but I mean, I think that's like a part of why like a role like this would really sing in the hands of Alan Rickman, because mm-hmm. he, he brings that gravitas and that earthiness mm-hmm. and he grounds a character that could very easily, you know, become like fodder, you know, camp fodder. Um, it is a little Which, campy, but like in a, in a, in like a delightful way though. In a way where, like, we're sort of winking and, like, he's in on it, I guess. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that. And I think, like, you know, it very easily could have been an over-the-top, like, you know, um, angry German role, you know? But it was, there was a quietness to it. It's a measured sort of, it's it's careful, he's... Yeah, he he's cat like. He like he really is like everything is really calculated. Um 
And he has a couple of moments, but he really earns them, you know? Like, the moment mm-hmm. that we mentioned earlier, Harry Ellis, his character, when he gets killed, you know, for doing too much. <laughs> but, you know, he's on, that, he's on that white stuff, but still. He gets <laughs> caught up talking too much. And it's also really funny to me, because there's, like... So, McLean's, like, at this point, you know, they know McLean's in the building. He's the one person who evaded sort of capture when, like, the Germans um, descended on the Nakatomi Corporation. Everybody's in this main sort of, like, ballroom area, you know, on the ground, screaming. And somehow, McLean, he just happens to not be in that room. And he, you know, obviously, with the know-how that he has, being a detective, trained, he, you know, figures out a way to sort of, like, get away and he eventually gets a um he eventually gets a weapon and he gets um a walkie-talkie um Mm -hmm. and then so now he's equipped but like there's this period um there's a period sort of like towards the middle of the movie where uh, Holly realizes that it's got that it's her husband. Um, and obviously, like through most of the movie, the bad guys don't realize that they have John McClane's wife mm-hmm. among their hostages. So so there's a moment where like Ellis, who is like been trying to date Holly, he obviously met John earlier briefly in the office before everything, you know, hit the fan. And he's sort of like, I'm gonna ingratiate myself to this group of like, you know, would-be robbers by sort of going to them and letting them know that I have like an you know, like inside tea on this guy who they're trying to catch who's like causing all this trouble for them. And he ends up getting himself killed because he's just doing stuff he doesn't need to be doing and talking to people who he wasn't prepared to talk to but i do think it's really interesting that he never he never gives up holly ellis you mean yeah he doesn't give her up yeah it's confusing to me that he doesn't maybe it's because it's probably because he got shot honestly if because he shoots him so fast if he had seen the gun and pulled it on him ellis probably would have been like hey no don't kill me don't come me his wife's right in there yeah absolutely holly mcclain's in there permed hair Absolutely, <laughs> like permed to the it's gods. Like which, like, oh it's like which one? <laughs> like she's the only woman in that room rocking a perm. It's just like thirty women wearing the biggest <laughs> hair they could fucking find. He's like, she's got permed hair and sh- and shoulder pads. It's like, talk about a needle in a haystack. I know. And frosted makeup. See if you can find her. Like, like, yeah, this is 1988. You're describing every fucking woman on the planet. That's every woman in that room. Right. Um, but yeah, so he gets himself killed trying to like... I don't know. Real he's posturing like he's got access that he does not have. No, um, he is like he is like he's the one hostage that I'm like fucking shoot him. He's so annoying, and he he's he out deserves of he deserve honestly he deserves to be put in his place. I'll say it. I'll say it. Also, also he like wants like Holly to like rat out her husband, and it's like no. She's not going to fucking do that. Also, she's got enough sense to know that it's not going to do any good. Like, him revealing himself, they're probably going to kill him anyway. Right. Um, there's also and this... John McClane, like, actively tries to tell him, you don't, like, say you don't know me, say you don't know me. And his dumb ass is like, he just thinks he's just, uh, he thinks he knows more. And it's so stupid. And he gets killed. Charged yeah, to the game. Shot in the fucking face. And then there's this moment when John McClane runs. He at a certain point he gets to the crowd of people, like the hostages, and he's looking for Holly, but she's already been taken. And he mm-hmm. so he gets to this crowd of people, and he runs into her friend who she was with earlier, and he's like her pregnant drunk friend, her pregnant <laughs> drunk friend, and he's like, "Where's Holly?" And she's like, "I don't know." 
And she's like scream. No, no. She says no. She says Thai Tucker. Yeah. He's like, where's Holly? And she's like Thai Tucker. And it was a lot. And it did make me laugh because it was like she was on like a twelve. <laughs> Which like I understand that's a high stress situation, but it's like, do you know what this man's been doing? <laughs> well, also you could just match his energy. Like you don't have to like. He's already at a ten. Like no, you didn't need to bring it up to a twelve. And like. <laughs> It's like, why are you frothing at the mouth? Like, you know you're not steal, rabbit, right? Focus. I'm sure she just wanted to make sure her scenes weren't cut. Yeah, I don't know why I'm acting like I wouldn't have been that actor. I know. I an extra in this movie, I would have been, as they say, very, very fucking extra. Yeah, you well, you would have been like guffawing at everything, like clutching I your pearls. Been, Following, uh, first of all, I would have uh, whoever if it was um, Alan Rickman, um, Bruce Willis. I'm sorry, I don't remember the act, the white, the um, Holly's name, the actor. Oh, Bonnie Bedelia. Bonnie, I would have been following them around wherever they like, when they were on camera. <laughs> like oh, just you in shots behind them, looking on <laughs> ominously, being like. <gasps> What's oh, 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 you're getting the, oh, so you're getting like the tea to report back to everybody? Exactly. So I can let people know what's going on. Hey, I just heard Holly. Apparently her marriage with John is on the rocks. <laughs> but she's on. like, she's actually kind of bragging a little bit after Mr. Taga. What is his name? Ta- Takagi? Ta- I think Takagi. Takagi? Takagi? I think it's Takagi. Oh, no, I know it's not that. I know it's a G at the end. Tagagi. Takagi. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Everything I do on this podcast is embarrassing. Um <clears throat> It's Takagi, like I said it was. No, but it's you it's a, Oh, you mean pronounced it's pronounced Takagi? So yeah, that's what they were saying on the Were they? Yeah. Okay. So Takagi, yeah. Um, who gets shot so fast? Yeah, so I was not expecting. Him well, to it's also like you, the thing is that he doesn't even like try and get it out of him. He just no. says no. I, he says, "Oh, I don't have it," and he just shoots him. I'm, it's like and why don't you like, shoot him in his knee or something first? Right, like torture him so you can get the information. Not that I'm trying to help the terrorists. <laughs> no, no, no. Or, Tell him how to do it, Jen. <laughs> I know that's not a good look on me personally. <laughs> I mean, I said but. the exact same. I said shoot him in his knee. <laughs> Just like, oh my god, there's no coming back from that. <laughs> also, did you peep? I I bet I don't know if you noticed this, but I bet Dave noticed this or has noticed this before. Um, the first time we meet Reginald Val Johnson, um, who plays Officer Powell, Al Powell, yeah, mm-hmm. Al Powell, or as we call Sergeant him in Powell. this house, uh, oh sorry, pardon me, Sergeant Powell. But as we call him in this house, Carl Winslow. Um, sorry, I can't help it. Um, we were calling him Carl, Carl Winslow for the whole movie. But um, he is at, like, a convenience store picking up some treats, you know, thinking he's going to have a real chill, um, you know, evening out on Christmas Eve, just making sure. Mm-hmm. Silent night, holy night, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, but what he gets is a different story. But I love it when he gets the call and he's like walking back toward this car and he's at the gas station. Gas is 74 cents a gallon. And I was like, oh, I did not catch. That. Oh, my God. Take me back. I mean, don't take me back. But like, you know, you do really well in the 80s. 
<laughs> do not take me back in the 80s please 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 but I would love to have those prices pop in at the gas station nowadays you know who you need if you want to go back in the 80s hmm let me try to think who would I need um I knowledge of like which stocks to buy no, I was going to say, okay. if you want to go back in the 80s, you need um, Steve Urkel or Stefan Arkell. So it's perfect oh. that Carl Winslow is here because you need to get access to that machine. <laughs> that I think could do that? And maybe that's not I, what that machine did? No, no, no. That's not what the machine did. It they, just, I feel like that machine led to some time travel, though, at some point. Did it? I just remember him just turning into Stefan Arkell. Of course, like, but I think it did other smooth, things, too. Like, the smooth... Um, dude that Steve Urkel could never be. I think that I think it did whatever the writers needed it to do that week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, made that whole child disappear from him correctly, Jody. That they had a, they had another daughter and she was just gone all of a sudden. She went never she to be went upstairs of. and never came back. And never yeah. came down. And never They're good for that. <laughs> Nothing like an eighties sitcom just deciding that one of those middle children is not needed for the storytelling. <laughs> Fire. Like, you're not even ancillary. It's like, oh, it's like so you just need me once a week? Uh yeah, minus one. <laughs> oh wait. Dave found it. Steve creates a time-traveling machine on his yes. wrist to travel back into time. He and Carl travel back to the time he first bought the house. Episode is called Father Time. Okay, so sure. it is a time-traveling thing, but it also can turn him into... But it also like, turns him into operator. cool, yes, Stefan or Kelly, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I mean, it's perfect for the, the Reginald Vell of it all. Um, yeah. So, yes. 74 cents a gallon. That's Absolutely. You could just, if you could put your car into the time machine that you could just drive back into, get the gas, and then use a Fill up and then head back. That's a great idea. But you got to not get spotted because people are going to be like, what in the future is going on? Where does <laughs> this vehicle true. come from? What? That is true. My the car Marty is a 20. Not, not, to, not to brag, but my car is a 2020. So. <laughs> nice. Let them know, girl. Let them know. <laughs> um, and also, we've got uh, Bruce Willis at, some, at a certain point in the dirtiest A shirt. Oh, um, my God. It is all of a sudden the color of mud. And it's just like, why I, is it that dirty? I had the exact same note from that. I was like, this was white two scenes ago. What did what happened here? What did what mud did you roll around in? Maybe I mean I know he, he was in like the No, vents he was in the stuff. trenches, he was in the vents and stuff. Maybe he fell into like I don't know, like maybe A vat he fell of in. shit? Yeah, yeah, maybe. Dookie and he water? came out, and then he was like, "Oh, the dookie water must have blemished my shirt." <laughs> and then everybody was like, "Just take it off, then." <laughs> I was having a conversation today about how much I truly love like any joke that talks about poop or farts, and I'll never. It's like I understand <clears throat> that like there's some highbrow humor, and and that's all very good, but like I'll never ever not laugh at a poop or fart joke. You wouldn't have done. You wouldn't have done well in the the writing room for Frasier, then probably. <laughs> Look, I can do well in any environment. I'm just saying, I will still laugh. At you prefer jokes. to laugh and make it's poop. it's not a preference. It's not oh. a preference. Oh, okay. I'm just saying, I'll never be too good for that. Do you know what I mean? No, no, no of course. No, they're great. They're the great equalizer. Like a well timed, a yeah. well timed like fart is always going to be like. <laughs> <laughs> it's a palate. See, just a, the idea of it makes me laugh. Yeah, it's a palate cleanser. And also, anything serious that's happening, once, like, no matter how deep or serious it is, once someone, like, mentions a fart, then it's like. <laughs> 
Also, in my family, I shouldn't even say this. Never mind. Yeah, say it. No, say it. We can cut it out. I feel like in my family, we do a lot of like, did you just fart? Like, we ask the question a lot. (laughs) And it's always like, why? Like, what difference does it make? Nothing (laughs) happened in this room and we're all dealing with it. But it's like, we always do that. Like, it'll be like, did you just fart? And it's like, no. (laughs) Okay. Like, did you just fart? Yeah. Okay. Like, what else is there to say? Either way. (laughs) Well, in my family, there is no, no fart goes unannounced. Everyone's like, I farted. I far- it's first of all you hear it, or if it's a silent one, you don't you always to- hear it. In those silent but deadly ones. <laughs> you have to think of like, you you have to think of every scenario that someone might encounter your fart, and so that's why you have to announce it because then someone will be like, "Did you fart? Like, why didn't you tell me?" Like, I feel like people, so you, yeah, so, that's so true. you can get out of the way or you know open a window. I feel like also, I feel like when I was growing up, my grandmother used to also, if we were like, I'm going to the bathroom, my grandmother would be like, number one or number two. She always <laughs> asked us that. And it's like, what difference did it make? Like, why do you I'm need go- to know? <laughs> but she would always ask, number one, number two. And be like, I don't know. She probably sometimes you'd say number like- one when you knew it was a number two. <laughs> It's like, I don't need everybody knowing. <laughs> My business. And it's maybe she just needs to know whether she needs to turn the fan on or something. <laughs> yeah, prepare the house. <laughs> make arrangements. Um, so anyway, diving. Yeah, so we're diving back into the movie. We've got uh, we've got this friendship developing between um, John McClane and uh, Al Powell. They seem to like, there's a there's a vibe. They, they, they connect with each other once McClane's actually able to get through. Also, there's a scene where, where John McClane is like calling the switchboard, trying to get 911 there. And there's this woman who refuses to <gasps> deal with him. Oh, it is just like, my damn. God. I have never seen, first of all. Refusing to do her job. Basically refusing to do her job. I've never seen more people who are bad at their job than in this movie. Particularly this 911 operator who's like, sir, this is for emergencies only. And he's like, yeah, I fucking know. What do you think? I'm trying to order a pizza or something? And it's like, he literally is like, there are terrorists in this building. Some people are dead. Some people, I don't know how many there are. Like, he runs endless. And she's like, I'm sorry, but like, you've already called a fire. Like, this is insane and this is to me this doesn't uh this isn't an emergency and then she's like send a black and white car and just for a drive-by and it's like yeah just to shut him up send a car over to the plaza it's like it's like can you not hear what's happening why don't you believe him also there's that scene where like right after um powell gets the call that like he needs to head over there he's close enough to the building that he can sort of in the parking lot he can look over at the building and you see that he can see the gunfire that's happening from the roof it's just like little flashes of light but he's able to sort of which is really funny to me because then when officer powell goes to the building at first all the germans have taken over so like the person mm-hmm. who works at the front desk is just uh one of the german uh radicals in disguise as mm-hmm. like a door person but so he goes in and there's a moment where he's almost killed like if he asked one more question if he opened one more door he would have been shot but he mm-hmm. they they sort of appease him fairly quickly and he's like okay and then he leaves thinking all's well even though it's like you did see that you saw that light on the roof though for me he doesn't do enough investigation it's not really he's trying to get to that car to those snacks we know what the tea is because everybody's been there before you know that he was like he got those snacks in the car and he was like I'm not gonna start opening these up until after I get this taken care of because I need like 
a moment with. I need to have a good time with these. I I'm sorry, Dave. I know you're getting upset. We keep we keep digressing. But I want to say, I the other day I saw something online. I didn't know that other people did this, and I saw online I saw somebody made a made it like a meme about it, and then I was like. Oh, I thought that was just me. And it was about people who like it was about like preparing food or like ordering food and then like like spending like 30 minutes looking for something to watch and oh, then hovering girl. down your food in 2 minutes and then being done with whatever it is. <laughs> like starting a 2-hour movie just for the purpose of eating for like 10 of it and then being like I'm good. And it's girl, like I do that all the time and I didn't know I that was like a thing that I can't start eating until I find the perfect thing to watch. That's how I am too. Cuz it's like the serotonin I'm getting first of all <laughs> my my life sounds very unfull after after you hear this but the serotonin I get from eating a good meal and watching something that I'm really excited to watch and so it's like that's why it takes so long to find something because you're like I for instance there's this Thai food place that I love to order Thai food from right and Tara does not like it so I can only do it when she's not here because she I mean I, I of course I could order food when she's here mm-hmm. she, she controls something you. different but what i'm saying is like it makes more sense if we're aligned on dinner because i'm not going to pay two delivery fees whatever this is logistics you don't need but <laughs> so normally when i order this food it's by myself and so yeah. i'm like about to have a night and i've got my padkey mao my baby egg rolls and i've got them all set up and I have to, like, I spend so long, because I, I know, like, I'm so excited to eat this food that I need the viewing experience to match the food experience, if it's, that makes sense. Yeah. It's, no, absolutely, that's 100% it's the ceremonial. scenario. It's ceremonial. It's 100% the scenario for me, too. It's always mm-hmm. when Tara's out of town. Um, that really, I get to, no, but it's like, that's how it is with Dave. Like if Dave's gone, because that means a, I didn't have to like, you know, no battle today. Um, so I got to, I ordered what I wanted to order. I got my food ready. And then I like think about a television show. It's, it doesn't happen more together. Cause I think we have like a million things that we watch together. So it's usually mm-hmm. okay on that front. But like mm-hmm. if I'm alone where it's like, I can't watch any of the things that we watch together. So it's like, I, I need something so, yeah. to watch. And it's like, I want to find something that like, but then I find a million things and I'll be like, Oh, but Dave's going to watch that. So I'm not going to watch that and so mm-hmm. I look for the perfect thing that I'm like Dave's not gonna want to watch this but it is satisfying mm-hmm. to me and it oh, will and so this is this so is the, true and so uh, it's true. usually me trying to order something on the low because I'm like hey time went by and let me get food from a place that Dave maybe wouldn't have wanted and uh <laughs> really have like a moment and then it's like I look forever. Usually when I see that, you know, they're on their way, I'm like, "Uh uh-oh, you got to get real now. It's coming up. And then I shovel it in my mouth, and I miss half of whatever I'm watching anyway. (laughs) And then I'm like, what's going on? Why do I eat so much? I hate me. Oh, I'm so sick. I'm going to fucking puke. Why did I do this to myself? God, I fucking hate this. And then it repeats itself. Then I punch the air, and then I turn the television (laughs) on. I'm like, this movie's crap anyway. Uh, But yeah, so we're kindred. So I... I feel Al Powell when mm. he going in and he's trying to get back to that police car and he's like, oh my God, my snack's ready. And then he gets to the car and a corpse fl- from the sky like slams into oh, the car. It's my like... God. I screamed when that happened. Also, I was really glad because I was like, fucking finally. I mean, obviously... 
Who said well, it's gonna... wild because you're like, how could this happen? Like, how does nobody know? How is this so insulated? Like, this building that, like, literally nobody knows what's going on. There's been a lot of gunfire. A lot of, a like... A lot of gunfire. And it's in, like, Los Angeles. I don't even know what those city. guns are called. I'm, I'm so like, warm. I was going to say guns. rapid ammunition guns is what I was going to say. Which is, machine... is just words. I think it's machine gun. No, right? I think like that a, that's a it's better an automatic rifle. I think all of these things are better than rapid <laughs> ammunition gun, which is nothing. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure I could go to Walmart and walk out with something, but I'm sure without any, you know. Well, I don't know. I think I could go to Walmart and walk out with anything. I'm not sure you would. It's true. Neither one of us is a 17 year old white boy, though, so I don't know if we're going to beat the charges, but. Oh. Okay. <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, and then there's a news. There's like the the newscaster who's like got a hunch that this story is gonna be something, and oh ends up being God. one of the most deplorable characters in the movie. Like, so horrible. he like literally they show up at the they show up once they sort of get a they get like a, a hint at what's going on. They find out about McLean. Then he shows up at the home that Holly Gennaro's <gasps> home, where her mate, where her not even her mate, like her nanny, like this her woman take care of her. She was taking yeah. the home, take care of the children, and they show up there wanting to interview the children and she sends them away and then he look and then he leans into her and he says I will he says I'm gonna call INS and like the, what? I what was I I was like fuck you my TV because it's because it's like, disgusting all, we, it's like yeah it's like when do you die the, in this movie yeah. um yeah, but of course, and but like I feel like he didn't get. I feel like he needed a little bit more. He just got punched in the face by Holly at the end of the movie, which was but, satisfying, but not satisfying enough. I want him to have a sustaining injury. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I want be. I want him to be mauled. You know. Yeah, um, absolutely. But yeah, so that so that whole thing. Although it also was funny that like the newscasters were like so unwilling to give him like a vehicle because he was like, I think this is a story, and they were like, Oh no, we can't be bothered with that. And it's like, the, why not? The, Authority figures are so unhinged in this movie because it's like they literally do everything. They they make every uh, every choice they make is the wrong one until someone until like they get like uh, you know someone like um, Carl Winslow or you know what I mean like tells them something's going on and they're like oh that, I don't believe that and then all of a sudden that very thing happens and then they're like oh okay well I guess we'll pivot. And it's like, well, why do that's you? Like, I, it's like it's like the white male authority always thinks that they're fucking right, like, and then like all this, like, and then they're constantly proved proved wrong in this movie, which is great. I love that, but they still don't get their comeuppance in the way that I want them to. Like, I would love for that um, police chief to have because there's never like a there's never a moment where you have where they're like oh man I took it too far or oh man right. I was wrong about the way I handled that situation I should really learn to listen to other people and not let not lead with my ego you know right but exactly. it's like you know the the attack on on fragile you know white masculinities <laughs> it's always always out, always out to get them um, there's the moment with um, I think Paul Gleason is his name. Um, and he is the the bully at the horns, the guy from the Breakfast Club. Yeah, Dwayne T. Robinson. Um, yeah, the police. Well, chief. the actor's name is Paul Gleason. Uh, Dwayne T. Robinson is the is the character's name, and he shows up, and like Carl Winslow, 
is trying to let him know what's going on because he's like, hey, what's happening? And then, like, he's explaining to him, you know, obviously, like, as a cop, like, I can intuit certain things and, like, I'm using, like, my abilities to, like, glean the fact that this person who John, this John McClane character is who he says he is. Like, I'm just trusting my cop instincts. And he's sort of like, yeah, yeah, whatever. He can be a terrorist. And it's like, you don't know anything. You haven't heard no. any of the dialects. You don't know what's going on here. You really honestly need to just fall back. Like, I have an established connection with, like, a person inside. And he's just like, no, we're going to take over from here. And then the FBI shows up to be like, no, we're going to take <laughs> over from here. And we're going to do an even fucking worse job. The and we're going to do is, worse than you, kid. <laughs> I've always said, uh, well... By the way, you guys, when I said that, I had my hand down flat and I was I was banging my fist into my hand. Was that your, was it a gavel? I don't know what I was doing, but it was I was trying to I was trying. It looks like the beginning of a game of paper scissors rocks. (laughs) Rock paper scissors. Why would you say it so weirdly? (laughs) What? Do you call it paper scissors rock? Yes. That's always what we called it. We always called it paper scissors rock. No, we it's never called rock, it rock paper, paper scissors. scissors. Why is it that? Why is that the order? I don't know. It just is. No. Are you are you doubling down? Or I'm tripling down, Mama. Oh, Dave is. Oh, Dave's. Dave's going with you, which still rock, doesn't paper, prove your scissors, point. Shoot, except what, you two can be wrong together. It is paper <laughs> scissors rocks. That's the way we always played it. That's the way we so always. So you would. Know. So you would chant paper scissors rock every time. It's all I'll ever chant. Oh my god! It's rock paper scissors shoot. Nope, paper scissors <gasps> rock baby. Oh my god! <laughs> you have also never said it. You've also never said it the way you just so said it. Way. Who me? Shut the fuck up! <laughs> yes, I have. That's always the way I say it. I always. We've never said it before. I don't know when. When have we ever done a? I don't remember, I've never played paper scissors rocks with you. <laughs> but I know that's All how right. we always said it. Paper scissors rocks. All right, if anybody can DM us to back up Brandon, and I And if like any of the kids it. from the playground in Texas, you know who you are. <laughs> the playground in together. the enormous state of the Texas. The one, that one playground in Texas that we used to <laughs> get in that paper, scissors, rocks on. Let them know. That's Let's amazing. not, we don't have to take this sitting down. Not anymore. <laughs> not from Jane and Dave. These two also, boys. going back to the movie, yep. I was so annoyed all the whole time that John McClane was barefoot. Like he was, yeah, that's a big part of it. Although apparently they made some special shoes for him, which made me happy. That's what Tara was was telling me. We made the choice that like, he's going to be barefoot the whole film. There were also so many times where it was like, you just killed that guy. Take his shoes. Oh, he tries. He tries. And the guy's shoes are too small for his big manly feet. Which Um, is not true. Which is not true because it's the first guy he's, he kills who is enormous. And it's like, that guy has bigger fucking feet than you take it like that's and like, he's like oh these are too small for my big my big feet and you know <laughs> my big manly feet and so then we have my, to look at my feet there's, so a lot of, manly. There's, there's a lot of foot stuff in this movie actually which i knew you were gonna love Ugh. so i for those of you who don't know i'm not uh, look i don't love feet i uh, i think i've i think in my older age i've learned to tolerate them more Old. but <laughs> okay um, just gonna leave that right there. Um, I do think that um, I, I don't want to see people's feet. I don't like close-ups of people's feet. I particularly don't like foot injuries. Um, Nobody likes foot injuries. What are you? <laughs> <laughs> Who likes foot injuries? What a weird person. 
like, Ugh, I was, can you imagine somebody being maybe, like... Maybe that is such a good point. <laughs> being like, I love foot injuries. I Ugh. love foot injuries. I'd be it's appalled like, if somebody said that to me. I'd be like, get dude. out of my home. What do you mean? <laughs> I'm sure it's in a grinder profile oh, somewhere. I love, I love when things go when things go awry, toe toe wise. Ew! Be like leave. Oh, it was. If you remember, do you remember in the first Jackass movie, the paper cuts? Do you remember that? I never watched any of the Jackass. Dave just screams, "Stop!" from the other room. It's appalling. (laughs) It was the worst thing in the whole film. There was so much deplorable stuff that happened in that movie, and the worst thing was the paper cuts. And I just won't even get into it. But just imagine, I won't get into it in the next planet. Um, But just imagine like paper cuts in the webbing. I, oh god, oh god, oh god, oh god. Why are you doing this? Wait, Jane, you haven't seen Jackass before the movie? No! Why would I okay. want to see the. No, Noted. don't make me watch that movie! I don't want that! Noted. That episode would be so much of me just. Why is Dave's like rabid in the other room. <laughs> the movies that get him going. He's just like. It's all the bro movies. You notice that? Uh, you're married to a it's bro. It's all the bro movies. Dave heard Jackass and he went, woohoo! <laughs> I feel like Tara okay. would like that too, though. I'm sh- uh, I don't know. It depends on how brutal it is. Right. I don't know if she's seen Same. it. I don't know. That could be fun. Uh, um, okay, so here's the thing. So this movie kept me on my toes a lot. Like, I did Absolutely. not know what was going to happen. <gasps> oh my God. I- I'm sorry. What? I'm out of control. I'm sorry. This is <laughs> out of control. Why did I scream? Oh my god! I could have just waited for you to finish speaking. I don't know why that was my reaction. So, so yeah. So we've got Winslow on the ground. He's trying to like you know the FBI comes in. They mess things up even more. Mm. Um, they bring in helicopters, which they weren't supposed to do. We still got all these hostages, just like you know, Chilling. terrified. Yeah. You know. Because they're Christmas plans, am I right? Um, you're not going to the Christmas... Actually, plenty of these people are going to the Christmas party tomorrow. I'm going to make it all about them. Um, but, yeah. The, can you imagine the harrowing story to tell at Christmas dinner? Absolutely. I, I wouldn't miss that dinner for the life of me if I was one of those hostages. I'd of be like, gather around, make sure I never see the bottom of my wine glass, because this story is going to take all night. <laughs> so you would just be like you at any party? <laughs> Honestly, yes. I never shut the fuck up. <laughs> um, so we'd have no other way. Um, and so, so then we he finally like. There's also in the in Holly. So he's in Holly's office at one point. Hans is, and the picture that is of her whole family, including John, is like somehow gets turned down. So he ne- he doesn't see the picture. So he doesn't clock the fact that like when he meets John initially that that's her husband because it takes him a second, and then he's in the office and he, pu- he picks the photo up and he sees that it's that mm. it's John, and mm. that's when he realizes he's got himself a a prime hostage on his hands mm-hmm. and then that's when they take Holly and then there's like the last sort of showdown between um, between Hans and John and Hans it's and you know John. Holly's caught in the middle of it and and then there's a moment where John where Hans almost takes takes her with him uh, he mm-hmm. gets he gets shot right so I'm trying to remember what happens because so John McClane uses Christmas tape to like tape a gun mm-hmm. behind his back, which mm-hmm. I thought was brilliant. And I was like, why? Like the scene before the camera like focusing on the tape, and I was like, what are you gonna do, John? What are you gonna fucking do to save the day? And he like puts down his gun and like puts his hands up 
um, because that's what Hans tells him to do. And then what he does is he pulls the gun out from behind his back, which is taped. And then does he shoot? Does he, he doesn't shoot Hans, does he? How, I thought he I did shoot Hans. He, does. he shoots him. Okay, he does shoot Hans, but it's not like fatal, right? No. Yeah, yeah. Clearly and not, then, because he's holding on for everything. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, and then I don't remember what happens. There's just like a lot of he shoots him, and then he grabs he grabs Holly, and so mm-hmm. as he's about to fall, he he's going to take her with him, and he's holding right. on to her, and then John kind of takes like a second too long, I'd say, to get <gasps> oh, over yeah. there. Um, <laughs> There's like this weird pause where it's like you they're still attached and they're moving not that fast, but like you need to step in. And, and he you, gets like, over you there. haven't hesitated this whole this evening. entire why movie. Why is this the move? Why is this? Why is this? I, I wonder I if think probably like, just to let her know that how grateful she should be to have him, probably. <laughs> just let her sit in that fear for a second and then later on just be like I almost I almost let you die in the car ride home. Like, I thought about it. I thought about that sweet little, pretty little pension that you that that Nakatomi pension that you got, and me and the kids, you know, finally being able to start a new life without a toxic mom. But then I made the decision that you know I thought that Kringle would have made. Consider your life a gift, Chris. Chris King. Oh, Chris Kringle. And so then. Also, the other day, I'm too upset. The other day, Tim Allen was posting online and he was like... Why are this you is- obsessed with Tim Allen? But go ahead. Shut up. I'm not obsessed with Tim <laughs> Allen. Dave had two copies of the Tim Allen biography in his room. Um, <laughs> his childhood biography. But I'm not obsessed with him. But he posted the other day on... He posted a photo the other day online that it just popped up in my feed. And he was like, hey... He's Do you like, follow him on Instagram? No. I, that's why I said in my feed. Not in my feed. In my explore page. And it said, okay. hey, you know, Beard's coming in. We all know what time of year this means. It's like, you're not Santa Claus. Get out of here. <laughs> do you dare? Well, he played Santa Claus quite a few times in the Santa Claus. Uh, he also played a reasonable person for a minute before we found out <laughs> about he? some of those messy politics. Did he? Um, I don't yeah, think he, he was ever reasonable. We just didn't fucking know about it. <laughs> but it's like, no, we'll give that to Kurt Russell. <laughs> also, can I have a couple questions? Even Remember Bill when? Thornton. <laughs> Wait, what about Bill? Oh, Bill about Thornton, Bad Santa, right? That's right. Remember when him and Angelina Jolie had each other's blood and those necklaces oh that they wore? I'll never forget it. I'll never forget it. Do you remember when they were on the red carpet and um, a reporter asked, like, where's the craziest place you guys have ever done it? And they're, like, making out on the red carpet. And he goes, we fucked in the car on the way here. Which makes me want to die. It is you, so disgusting. Do that you remember when clip? Angelina Jolie made out with her brother on the red carpet? Oh, my God. Yes, I do remember that. That, okay, so I, like, definitely rewrote history on that one because I was, like, when I was younger, I was, like, oh, they're just, like, really close, like, whatever. And then um, I was, like, why is everyone giving her a hard time? It's just her brother. She loves her brother. And then I was talking about it with someone a couple years ago, and I was, like, was it really that bad? And they were, like, dude, Google it. And so I Googled it, and I (laughs) Like, oh my god, it's really bad. She's literally, like, she's making out with her brother. (laughs) And, like, I don't... You don't what? What are you going to say now? What's the qualification? No, there's no qualification. Like, I don't understand why why we aren't more, like, why people aren't talking about it more. (laughs) 
I forget about it and then I remember sometimes and I'm like oh my god okay choices it is if you guys haven't seen it google it it is something yeah yeah. if you guys haven't seen it and you want to see Angelina <laughs> Jolie and her brother make out google it literally but like they like thought it was cool like they weren't yeah I don't know it. what they were doing and I was like what what was going on in that house you know, like, know. growing up with yeah, John Malkovich talk about shitty politics not John Malkovich yeah um, leave, leave Malkovich out John of it John Voight John Voight yeah <laughs> That's old John Voight. No, yeah. I love John Malkovich. I'm sorry. Who, uh, yeah, who I don't gather was really an involved dad. If, <laughs> yeah. Um, but, um, but yeah. So, all of that to Wait, say. This is, this is what I was going to say. Okay. That, okay. I think he's on the roof and he ties the fucking hose around his. Uh, That's another face. scene. We're right. I was just, I was just oh, like. I'm sorry. I, I was just bringing it up because it just popped into my mind. But did anybody else feel like that hose wasn't tied tight enough? No, I thought it was tied tight enough. I I also, I didn't think that there was enough weight on the, I didn't understand how it was pulling him the way it was pulling him because it didn't seem like there was that much weight on the end of it. So when he started really sliding, I was a little confused. But You mean when he makes it through the window and then he's the, it starts pulling him down? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I definitely was like, I was like, oh, fuck, you're fucked. You got to undo it. But I felt like when he first tied it, it seemed so loose. I was like, that's not going to hold you, especially like the impact of your whole body weight going all the way down a building. But, you know, I could be wrong. He got out of that pickle, though. He always does, you know? He always does. He always and they And Hans Gruber was holding on to his wife by, like... You know, her her Rolex, which is funny because I'm just putting together that that was the watch that they made sure they mentioned in like one of the first scenes in the movie. Oh, yeah. When Ellis says, show him what we got you, show him the Rolex. And she doesn't mm-hmm. want to. And then they show it to him. Um, and then it's like at the end, I guess in a way there was a little bit of a, a little bit of a, a story being told there. as She's unclasped from her responsibilities to this company. Mm-hmm. I mean, as her boss was murdered. Um, <laughs> yeah, I also the just stock like, prices wait. are probably going to plummet as a result of this whole fiasco. But yeah, the way that he unclasps it, and then it's like you want you want it all, and then for Hans to sort of fall to his death at the end, holding on to this you know this '80s sign of capitalism, this this mm-hmm. gleaming Rolex watch. It's like, how about mm. you take it? You take the capitalism. You you take your avaricious pursuit of money. Mm. You take it all. You take it. You take it as you plummet. How about mm, that? Mm, and then she's mm. restored to her position as um, docile, as subservient housewife. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, she leaves she behind the be. money and she says mm-hmm. to John, I'm sorry for thinking I could work. <laughs> and he says, forgiven this time. No, that's not what happened. She probably ends up becoming like president of the company or something. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, but also, I did, Tara told me that um, one of the things that she read about um, when finally when they let go of Hans and he falls down off the side of the building um, they didn't tell Alan Rickman when they were going to let go so he was super surprised when he's falling so his reaction is like is like genuine what was the fall where was what was the distance what was going on I mean I don't know but like in the movie he's falling oh he's falling Dave's screaming that he was falling into a green screen green screen so well, I'm sure, but I think there was like probably he was probably falling down onto you know some very plush mats. That's but, like a but that's also kind of like a weird. That's like a kind of intense way to fall, even like into like a plushy whatever. Like you're like looking up and like sort of like reaching yeah. up as it happens. 
That'd be but crazy. of course, I don't know. Alan Rickman, they... consummate professional. Of course, knocks out of the knocks out of the park per usual. Gives us yeah. one of the most iconic, you know, AFIs number fifty six on their list of like the hundred greatest, you know, movie villains, and we get why. Wow, I love that. I love that. And then at the very end, you think everybody's dead, and then Carl with the long blonde hair comes back. Impossible. And he is shot by Carl Winslow. In what world? It was a battle of the Carls. Yeah, the the Carl versus versus uh, what would it be called? Like Bizarro Carl. Um, Carl versus Carl. That sounds like but a great how, show. That sounds like a sitcom. I love I love the idea of it. I don't know. Carl is, Carl versus Carl. What what, yeah. what what would what would be the premise for that? <sighs> um it could be like a um a father and his namesake and they like butt heads and they you know maybe the older Carl Sr. is like a doctor and wanted his son to be a doctor but it turns out that his son is actually a pretty like successful who I don't know um visual artist or maybe comedian maybe he's a pretty successful comedian and Carl Sr. and his mom go through a divorce and so Carl has to move in with Carl Jr. and you know Silliness okay. ensues. I see that. Dave Dave said Dave said dueling next door neighbors, which is like I could see that. I could um, see that too. Yeah. I would yeah. say, you know what I would say? I would say uh like a I would say siblings, but I would make mm. I would make one of them female. I would make one of them the daughter who's older and she was named Carl first, and then the dad who's played by a Dennehy type is like Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, ne- I never knew. You know, I didn't know I was gonna have another kid. And he named. Then he has a son, and he names his son Carl as well. But he named the daughter Carl first because mm-hmm. he was like, oh, you know, I didn't know if your mother would have any other kids. I want to miss my shot. And the mom is played by like Annie Potts, and um, <laughs> so the two of them are going at it all the time. And you know, what's gotta, the dynamic between Carl versus Carl though? Like, oh, the two, the son and the daughter, they're just yeah. constantly competing for their dad's affection. And Carl, mm-hmm. the, the the son Carl is like actually a little bit of like a nerd and a little like he's got like. Are they adults? This, Are their yes. kids adults at this point? They're adults. Okay. Yeah, and I like that. the daughter is played by like I'd say like a she's on my mind because we watch a superstar, but like Lauren Ash plays the daughter mm. Carl, and then we've I don't know who we've got as the son, but. I don't know. Maybe we get like maybe we get a maybe we get a, a comeback for like an Elijah Wood type. You know. Why am I thinking Justin Long? I feel like Justin Long would be good. Okay, I could see that. It doesn't have to be Lauren Ash. She just popped into my mm-hmm. head. I know well, she. Well, I it. I could see the two of them going toe to toe. I could see it. Yep, and it's just like you know, the Battle of Carls this fall yeah. on Fox. I love that. Okay, we did it. Now we just you know we got to get them on the phone and see if they're ready to work. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, they, I like, wouldn't. As they commit to this scriptless, <laughs> like, to this like this vague idea we've mentioned it's on the podcast bare once. Bones. <laughs> it's like not even bare bones. That's giving it more. There's not it's even like, really. A, a, to be honest, like there's not even really a central conflict yet. No. <laughs> Just siblings. Just siblings. But this is how ideas start. Let's not let's not shoot ourselves in the foot before we sell. It to we're not that. gonna we're not gonna turn our nose up at the think tank. It's no. some of the best ideas in the world have been come up with. Have you ever heard of Watergate? <laughs> <laughs> what group of scrappy men <laughs> come up with a plan? Do a little 
little listen, little, little listen. What's going on over there? What's going on with the DNC? Let's take a listen. Listen, see what's going on with those demos, Democrats. Um, yeah, you know, those we didn't demos. write history, <laughs> but we will always discuss it thoroughly mm-hmm. and in depth. Mm-hmm. And, and whenever you leave a stone unturned. No, <laughs> we're we're uh, turning over all those stones. We're uncovering truths that maybe other people weren't able to see. Thank you, and, Jane. Yeah. So no apologies here. I will say that, you know, the real magic of our Carl, America's mm. Carl, uh, Winslow, uh, Sergeant Powell, shooting Carl mm. with a K and saving the day is that as he tells us, you know, very briefly, he, he killed a child. Um, earlier <laughs> in his so career, and uh, it uh, <laughs> just it say. ended up with him, you know, pushing papers for a while, just trying to get his head right. But uh, he's cured in that moment when he does what you know what needs to be done. So it's really like a full circle moment as John is able to save this the scraps of his marriage, mm-hmm. piece piecemeal them back together in some way that's probably going to fall apart a couple of years because they got some real issues that they got to work out but um, maybe they'll make maybe they'll make it but we know that Carl's going to be back on the force guns blazing shooting teenagers real soon so um, as yeah. cops are wont to do you know especially um, if they're black <laughs> the teenagers not the cops well um, you know yeah. I mean hey you turn on your television you tell me what yeah. you see <laughs> right I calls them like I see them so yeah so Janie I have a question for you now mm-hmm. um, Mamacita uh, would mm-hmm. you be willing to give this movie a good old gander again oh my god of course I would watch this movie every Christmas and here's the thing also one of the things before we end because I know we've been all over the place but I actually think the ending scenes like at when the after Carl is killed and they're mm-hmm. all of it it like the visuals are so beautiful and Christmassy. Like all of the paper is falling from the building, which oh, kind yeah, of for mimics sure. snow. There's Christmas lights on the trees. Um, people are embracing. Like it full does holiday, have like a it's a full yeah, holiday moment. It's like a full holiday moment. It's like definitely Christmassy. And so I agree. I, I felt that at the end, you know. Um As Dave chimes in with it's delightful. He's not wrong. It is. And it's it's it was such a good movie. It's so well written. We've got full characters within an action movie, within a Christmas movie. We've got by the way, we never even discussed the incredible one liners. I had no idea that Yippie Kaye motherfucker was from this movie oh yeah and Absolutely. i've said it <laughs> so it was just it was fun all around i want to watch it again i will um probably make uh you know my family watch it this christmas as well so have your family never seen are you i don't know they may have seen it without me but i, I i've never seen it with them so we'll have to see yeah, I think that that's yeah. I yeah. I was looking up. I I said to Google really quick. What are the best one liners from Die Hard? You said mm-hmm. Yippee Kaye. That was number one. There's a list. Number two. Now I have a machine gun. Ho ho ho. Which is what's written on this on the sweatshirt. Yes. On the body absolutely. when he sends the body down. The third one. Is I Welcome love to that. The, Welcome to the party, pal. That's the third one. Mm. But yeah, no. So this movie gave us a lot of like. You know, iconic imagery, iconic lines. Mm-hmm. Bruce Willis cemented himself as an action star with this film. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, let's be honest, he's quite the smoke show in it. So, um, you know, yeah. you get why Demi Moore, you know, was like, maybe I'll let him put out St. Almost Fire. <laughs> in my pants. So, um, on that note, 
uh, Jane, do you have a movie for me? I do have a movie for you. And I am not 100% sure if you've seen this movie or not. Well, I'll let I'm you know. pretty sure. The movie that I'm going to have you watch next week, if you have not already seen it, mm-hmm. is 2003's What a Girl Wants. I haven't seen it. Oh, yes! I'm perfect. But I know it's Amanda Bynes, right? Yes. <laughs> and it's one of my favorite so, Christina Aguilera songs, too. I listen to this I song. Mean, I listen to this song, like, I don't know. Like, once a month, I'll put it on. And when I put it on, it really, it really does a trick. It's great. It's a, it's, it's probably, yeah, I would say it might be my favorite Christina song. It's a Ugh, solid song. Su- I can't, I can't, I'm sorry, I can't pick favorites when it comes to Christina, but I do really love it. Do you, song. I remember, like, this is going to get me in trouble. Mm-hmm. But I remember, mm-hmm. I, 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 vaguely, Britney came out, like, right before Christina, didn't she? Yes. And I remember being like, <laughs> Britney who? <laughs> when I heard Jane in a bottle the first time. Well, I was like, thing. oh, Mama's got pipes. Mama had the, has the pipes. And it's not, here's, here's the problem. And this is a whole different co- podcast. But the way that everything was set up with those female pop idols at the time. Oh, it was, it was, like, oh, it was Brandy and Monica all over again. Of course. This yeah, wasn't I happening mean, with like. You know, I can't think. I was gonna say Usher and, but I couldn't even think of another male pop star who was on when Usher was peaking. Who, who, who? I don't know who there would have been. Oh, there wasn't God. anybody who was like Ricky Martin? Maybe I guess I don't know. No. There wasn't another like singer who Ricky was in Martin Usher's was lane. Ricky Martin was not the same kind of singer. Like no, like, they know they were. They were both on it, the pop charts, but you know, I, yeah. I can't even think of a contemporary of Usher's that was like bringing it like Usher was. He really yeah. had the game unlocked. But you oh get what I'm goodness. saying, like confessions. That. Get out of here. I mean, get One the of, fuck out of here. But also get into my ears because I fucking love. Oh my confessions. god, him and Chili couldn't make it work. Ugh. I, you wanted it too because it was like of two course. icons. Like, of course. Ugh. I wanted that so badly. <laughs> I'm sure they both did too. Anyways. Yeah. On that note, is, um, on that note, we've got you. what a girl wants. All I know about what a girl wants is Amanda Bynes. Literally, I can just and all I know is just the cover that I've seen, like the DVD cover before, mm-hmm. and I think it's her in a tank top, given you know a little how to deal moment. Another movie <laughs> I haven't seen, um, but that same sort of like sassy you know moment. So I'm uh, I'm intrigued to see where this goes. I'm so excited. I'm very glad I haven't seen it. Um, I think we should wrap this up because I'm sure everyone yeah, is I agree. completely done with us. But um, thank you, everybody, for listening to us talk about Die Hard. It was so fun. I know we were all over the place, and that is our brand. We. Um, I'm so sorry. I keep cutting no, no, no. off. I'm sorry. I was going to say, it was really fun doing this, you know, this sort of holiday trio of movies. We really, mm-hmm. we hit it from every angle. Um, we gave you a little <laughs> action. We gave you a little horror um, and we gave you something, uh, you know, a little rom-com moment, too. A little Nancy Myers joint last week. So we really tried to, uh, you know, get get Christmas and the holiday cheer all in there. And I think it was pretty Cover fun going Christmas. on this journey with you. Christmas is my favorite season. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this was really special to me. Yeah. Jane's was... favorite is Arbor Day is Jane's favorite, I know. Mm-hmm. but I love Arbor um, Day. And I know exactly when that is. So. Arbor Day. Um, 
no, this was really fun to do all these Christmassy movies. It was really hard to not choose another Christmas movie this week because obviously it, you just want to keep going. There's so many to do. Oh my God, but we could keep going forever. And Jane already sent me another one that we didn't get to watch with you guys, but we'll be mm. watching on our own, so don't worry. <laughs> that I can't fucking wait for. Anyways, we love you guys. Thank you for listening to us. If you want to follow us along on social media, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Movies We Missed, and obviously join the very robust conversation on our Twitter, which is at MWMChat. Um, we hope you guys have had a wonderful holiday season, and we can't wait to see you next week with What a Girl Wants. So, bye! What a girl wants, what a girl needs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> bye bye. Happy New Year.